That's right, listeners. You're listening to another episode of Movie, movie film. film. It's a podcast where we pick a flick and decide if it's a movie or a film. Is that right? It is. I'm Nate, and buckle up for safety, motherfucker. And I'm Terrell, and I'm a goofy goober. What's yours from? Yeah. <laughs> is that from SpongeBob? It is from SpongeBob. Okay. Yours? Buckle up, motherfucker. Uh, it was from a uh, taxi. That's funny because I was going to do a taxi quote too. <laughs> I was going to do a taxi quote too. Okay. And then you pick SpongeBob. And then I went with SpongeBob instead. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm wondering, but not asking. Okay. I'm Is there gonna... an answer? No, there's no answer. Yeah, that's why I didn't yeah. ask. <laughs> I mean, my, my movie has a taxi in it. Yeah, it does. And has a word taxi in yeah. the title. I, I'm sure there's a but... taxi cabin in, in uh, Bikini Bottom somewhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and here i thought i had the goofy quote right? <laughs> no i outdid you i had to outdo you yeah i guess so <laughs> well we're talking about taxi driver today uh-huh first we got a little bit of movie movie news news to get through yeah. not much mm-hmm. i mean there's some stuff but i don't have much to say about it yeah let's get to it uh, there's another robocop coming yeah that's robocop returns okay. from the graveyard that we buried him in because no one saw the last RoboCop. Yeah. So, well, Return suggested this is a sequel, maybe. Yeah. They're doing the Halloween thing where it's a sequel to the original. And they're just ignoring all the other ones. Mm. It'd be ridiculous if it's a sequel to the one that bombed a couple years ago. Right. <laughs> it's both. Both of those ideas are bad ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't like it when Halloween did it and... I won't really care if RoboCop does it because I guess I'm not a RoboCop fan, but like also doesn't sound like a good idea. I've never seen the original. Me neither. So what do I care? That's probably why we're not RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, that's fans. probably why. I hear it's very good. Yeah, yeah. It's I've... probably the kind of thing you and I would like a lot. Too. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to get to it. Like, I feel like I'm going to watch it. I just like haven't done it. Yeah. So one of these days i'll watch that one sometime i'm probably never gonna watch the new one yeah why i mean maybe for samuel but yeah that's about it wait he's in it he is in it oh the the last new one yeah the last new not one. not the one no 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 no. okay not those all right yeah still not gonna watch it he's in a lot of bad movies <laughs> he's in he's, a lot he's of not movies. a reason to watch a movie because of all the bad movies he's in i think yeah it balances out i feel like his good movies you can tell they're going to be good because it's like the filmmakers he's mm-hmm. working with. Mm-hmm. So it's never like, oh, Sam Jackson is in this. I'm going to see it. It's like, oh, Sam Jackson's doing a, another Tarantino movie. Right. Or uh, Sam Jackson and Spike Lee. What are they going to do this time? Or, That's true. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he is in everything. It's kind of like. He works. He's pre He's He's the old rock. The, the rock is the new Samuel Mm. Yeah. Remember the other guys? Yeah. The that Rock was a, and Sam Jackson a, were uh, that was a good partners. One. Yeah. 
and they just jump yeah. up. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Maybe that's when they, they switched. Yeah, that's when it when it happened. Yeah, on the yeah. set of the other guys. <laughs> um, Star Trek is another franchise that is getting a new installment. Not the long-rumored Tarantino Star Trek script. This is just the fourth movie in the Chris Pine as, as Kirk. a Kirk yeah. series. Mm-hmm. This time, uh, Noah Hawley, who... Uh, Made the TV series Fargo and Legion. Recently had Lucy in the Sky as his uh, directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Out. Mm-hmm. So he's going to write and direct the new Star Trek. Interesting. I know some of that work. I really like Legion. Mm-hmm. So um, I know he's good with like... Nerdy stuff. Nerdy stuff. He's going like to make nerdy stuff like really and... cerebral. Yeah. So yeah. So like that could be cool. And I guess Fargo showed that he can take the reins of a franchise yeah and you know i have seen a bit of fargo i've seen legion and i have seen all of the star trek movies so we're on a better start than we were with robocop as far as this i will goes. say lucy in the sky did not really work as a movie mm-hmm. i liked the everyone of i like him i like noah holly i love natalie portman john mm-hmm. ham zazie beats but it uh yeah i don't know it was it didn't really do it for me or anyone, is my understanding. Right. <laughs> it okay. kind of came and went. Yeah, I didn't hear much from it or about it, really, besides the, your opinion on I it. I mean, the big problem is it's the it was the story of the astronaut that... It was the diaper a- astronaut. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's the diaper astronaut, but she doesn't wear a diaper in the movie, and that's like... <laughs> Wait, do they not get to that part of the movie? It, no, they do. They just don't have her putting on, putting on a diaper. Oh, well, th- that's the story. Well, this is a fictionalized retelling of the story, but yeah. I mean, they still have the... Her driving. Yeah, she travels across country to shoot the guy who's cheating on her. Right. The the guy she was cheating on her husband with who's now cheating on her with someone else. Is the diaper. (laughs) Right? It's the diaper. And the weird part is there's a scene where, like, she's getting ready for the drive and she's in a store buying the stuff. Uh Uh-huh. She could have just gotten a diaper. Yeah, she should have. She gets some other things. That's weird. <laughs> Why would they leave that out? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, he's doing Star Trek now. Cool. <laughs> I didn't see the last one. I saw it. Um, the Idris Elba one. I, what a misuse of Idris Elba, really, mm. to put him in those prosthetics and not show his face for until like maybe the last three seconds of the movie oh they do that yeah it's just like what it, why um and it was probably my least favorite of the three so i think it's been on a steady oh decline. i didn't like the second one the second one also i mean after the first one it's been a steady decline mm-hmm. as far as star trek this new star trek is going so you know i mean I, apparently still making money because they're making another one it's Star Trek. So, I mean, if you can make money from it, they don't care about the quality. They care about the yeah. money. So, Though I think Noah Halley could bring some quality bring it back to it. To or he could try to. Yeah. There were definitely things he was trying to do in Lucy in the Sky that I appreciated. It just didn't work. Right. You know, better him than Mick G. Or <laughs> I don't know who else would do Star Trek. Right. I want to say no Mick G slander because... Oh. He, he did Charlie's Angels, right? And so, okay. but, you know, hey, 
talk about bombs. Not that one. Well, oh yeah, not one. that one. Oh, the new one. Yeah. Yeah. I oh. saw that coming. Oh, okay. So I, cause I didn't say this on the podcast, but like back when we talked about it, but I knew that movie was going to like yeah. flop. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sorry to say it, but I, I knew it. I felt it. And I felt like other people felt how I felt when they saw that movie, which is why. When they saw the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. When they saw the trailer, which is like, why? <laughs> why what's what's the point you guys it i don't know it just they could have named it something else and it probably would have did better yeah who knows who knows um what else do we have there's a, a there's this weird trailer for a movie called antebellum yeah it looked like a studio guy was just like I want to get out. Get find me a get out. Right. <laughs> so we're getting Give another me the get out that made get out. Because it's from the producers of Get Out, right? Is that is that just Blumhouse? Is that what they mean? Maybe they would say Jordan Peele if it was Jordan Peele. No, it's not. So Jordan it's Peele. not Jordan Peele. It's not Jordan Peele. It has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Um, it's Janelle Monae's next vehicle. Which like good for her. That's good. I I'm not sure that I've seen her starring in a movie before. Um, I guess Hidden Figures, but that was a an ensemble. Yeah, and no, kind of I, more uh, about um, the the uh, Octavia Spencer character. Yeah, uh, or no, a Taraji character. Taraji's character. Yeah, she yeah. was the lead lead, and then everyone else was like. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, but so it was ensemble. So no, Janelle hasn't really gotten. No, she to, hasn't. She hasn't led anything. So good for her. So I good like for her. her. Also, uh, it's okay. So the movie is probably going to be a, like a whole can of worms, but I will say it is good to see black women starring in a horror movie in a horror, you know, yeah, in a horror movie because uh, you don't see it often. Mm-hmm. It's not a. It's new. Yeah. Um. So. Kudos well, this for seems that. to be very specifically about blackness. The black, yes, blackness about in blackness and and yeah. So I mean, can of worms. The teaser looked pretty tasteless to me. Um, like it's a horror movie. And it's like ooh, slavery. It's like I was looking at it and I could. It didn't look shot well, or maybe the the trailer wasn't cut well. There was something about it that seemed off. Like mm. this could just be an Amazon movie or something. But I don't know. Amazon has a lot of money, so that's, I don't think that's Amazon does have a lot of quality. money. Um, but something about the quality of of the trailer of what they were presenting to me, I kind of was just like, I don't know. This kind of seems like maybe don't put this in theaters. Mm. <laughs> um. But that was just like my eye picking up on stuff. Yeah, not a lot of uh, information about the actual plot. Yeah. Though it seems to be like a modern day slash not modern day horror. Horror. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess she seems to be haunted by slavery. (laughs) Yeah, that that, that seems to be it. Um, Yep. Yeah, like maybe she's going to sleep and then she's waking up and she's a slave and then she's dealing with that and she's waking up and then she's back in her regular right. life. And, you yeah, know, that's I mean, what that, I suggest. That would be which, horrific, but... That's pretty tasteless. I don't know. It could be... We'll see. 
We'll see. I don't want to. It's way too early for me to be like go off on this movie on right. some tangent. So I'll just I'll just wait for it. And you know I'm interested in whatever Janelle Monae is doing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, Antebellum. Some more trailers. They're doing another. Uh, or actually, I don't know if there ever was a Call of the Wild movie, but they're making a movie of that book, Call of the Wild, probably because we can do that thing with animals now where the CGI looks real. So we got Harrison Ford with a dog in Alaska mm-hmm. or wherever they are. And, yep, I don't know. <laughs> They're doing it. <laughs> do you have anything to say about it? I have nothing to say about it. <laughs> okay. Nothing. Answer the call. <laughs> Answer the call. Um... There's a trailer for, uh, they're doing another Jane Austen adaptation. This, if Antebellum is like, find me a get out, this looks to be like, I want the favorite. Get, get me the favorite. <laughs> get me the favorite. Because it's, it's like the period English stuff, but mm-hmm. with seemingly a modern sense of humor. Who's in it? Is Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy from The the, the Witch? And oh, okay. Deads? Yeah. Got it. Um... Yeah, I mean, visually, it looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jane Austen is a great writer. Maybe it'll be cool. Maybe. But maybe not. I don't know. I feel feel like I got the whole idea from the trailer. Right. Um, I don't think I saw the trailer for this movie yet. Hmm. So I have to, like, I have to check it out. Okay. Um, it's Jane Austen, but with yeah. a modern twist, maybe. So it doesn't, it seems like it's not set in modern times, but, mm-hmm. like... Maybe the tone is more modern. I don't know. Oh. Well, I like the favorite, so you yeah. know, more of that. <laughs> Just like the studio at Zach said. <laughs> uh, I saw that there's another Cats trailer, but I refuse to watch it because I don't want nightmares. I know, and they were really trying to like shove it in my face one day on Twitter, where it just kept popping up. And I like once I saw that picture of Idris Alba, <laughs> I saw a picture. You mean of sexiest him. man alive? Idris <laughs> When I saw that picture of him as, as the brown cat, I don't know what he was doing. It was the like the craziest picture. I was just like, "What did they do to my man? What did they do to Idris? What's happening here?" I didn't. I didn't even want to look at the trailer. I was like, "That's enough. That's enough of that." Um. Yeah, it looks horrifying. Yeah, it looks... And bad. And bad. And bad. <laughs> but Taylor Swift wrote a new song for it, so... So, it's gonna be a hit. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, cats are big, but... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Anything else? No. Nope. All right. No. Well, let's get right into Taxi Driver. So what do you want to hack for, Bickle? I can't sleep nights. There's a porn up there just for that. Yeah, I know. I tried that. So what do you do now? You know, ride around nights mostly. Subways, buses. I think, you know, if I'm going to do that, I might as well get paid for it. Travis, you run all over town, don't you? Yeah. I mean, you handle some pretty rough customers here. Yeah, yeah. You carry a piece? No. You need one? No. Twelve hours of work and I still can't sleep. 
Damn. Days go on and on. We don't end. Got you down? Yeah, I got me real down. Real down. I just want to go out. I really, you know, I really want to. I got some bad ideas in my head. I just. Why won't you talk to me? Why don't you answer my calls when I call you? You think I don't know you're here? Let's not have any trouble. I don't know. You think I don't know? Would you please leave? Get your hands off. Okay, then leave. Okay. I don't even know that I know. Let's not have any trouble. Please, just please. The idea had been growing in my brain for some time. True force. All the king's men cannot put it back together again. Taxi Driver is a 1976 American psychological thriller directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Paul Schrader, starring Robert De Niro, Jodie Foster, Sybil Shepard, Harvey Keitel, Peter Boyle, Leonard Harris, and Albert Brooks. Hmm. There's a lot of names. Yeah. They, oh, they all felt two worth them. mentioning. Wait, no, three of them. Wait, the pimp was Harvey Cartel, right? Yeah, he's sport. Yeah. I don't know why when I saw him, I just like had the reaction to laugh. Hmm. <laughs> With him the, in that wig. Yeah, I like, and, I like the, yeah, the outfit. Top. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, Harvey. <laughs> this... um. This one starts with a bang, just like the sound of a bang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, opening credits, beautiful, beautiful stuff. The There's like the smoke and the, the mm-hmm. taxi emerging, mm-hmm. That the score from uh, Bernard Herrmann. Is this one song or is it two songs? Because it's like there's a motif that's played with in different forms throughout the movie there's like mm-hmm. different uh versions of it but it's the tune and then it goes yeah it's it's like i like off-putting because there's no flow to it yeah it's like this really pretty smooth jazzy sax and then all of a sudden like these military almost like snare roles come in yeah and uh there has to be a, a reason for that oh yeah as it relates to i guess our main character yeah it's like jarring it's a walking contradiction <laughs> yeah like travis bickle mm-hmm. uh while we see the the names of the people on screen yeah. involved in the movie we get uh just, I think, really striking shots of New York City, 70s New York in the nighttime, mm-hmm. just the highly saturated lights, just these vivid colors popping, mm-hmm. um, the rain on the windshield and like cuts between different parts of the taxi that have rain on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, kind of looks like a watercolor almost like through the windshield with the water coming at it. Yeah, it's almost very boozy and and slow Mm -hmm. um hypnotic yeah 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 and we get this close-up on robert de niro as travis bickle his face Mm -hmm. and it's in red like it's just red light Mm -hmm. straight out of i'm just fucking with you (laughs) (laughs) um 
Yeah, and that's that's the opening. That's the opening, right? And yeah. then we get the the job interview, pretty much. I mean, it is a job interview, like really quick. Yeah, walks taxi. in to get a taxi driving job. Yeah, and he gets it right away. Yeah, he gets it. I mean, there's like no real like background check or like any type of like it's like can you work yeah great you're hired he's asked about his education he says he has some here and there mm-hmm. and then he mentions that he's in the military he's a marine right so we learned that about travis but is that true he says he he had honorable discharge um we he lies about things throughout the movie so he's yeah. definitely an unreliable character yeah um he wears the the jacket. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's true. I th- I'd like I. Believe you like so. to believe that it's true because he seems. Uh, I mean, maybe he was just always like this, but this was like Vietnam era. It seems he was affected by the war. Um, I'd like to believe that. He has no affiliation with the military, hmm. and he just likes to say that because he feel like that makes him look looks better and mm-hmm. more reliable and more manly. Well, there was there was the draft then, so yeah. I don't know, but I mean, what if he was? Maybe he was in the military, but not the Marines. Maybe, and maybe he was discharged for being unstable. And so he just, yeah, he exaggerates his part in that organization a bit. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't do anything at all. Who knows? He's he's this just unhinged blank slate yeah. at this point. Yeah, just something's off about him. Mm-hmm. But also, there's not much to go by. Yeah, nothing right now. And so yeah, the movie starts where he gets the taxi job, and he. Starts writing in a diary. Yeah, he has a little journal. And there's the the kind of structure of the movie. We get occasional voiceover narration from mm-hmm. Travis. It's him writing his diary. Yeah, it's how he communicates to us. And it also makes the movie feel a bit like um, like a noir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His first diary entry starts with him thanking God for the rain that it washed the garbage off the street. Mm-hmm. And this is a, an idea that he has that kind of continues throughout the whole movie, that New York is this dirty, filthy, scummy city yeah. that needs to be washed away and Flushed down the toilet. Flushed. Yeah. yeah. And he's not just talking about the trash from the street. No. And he's talking about the people. Yeah, but he doesn't see them as that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we see that he, he takes some pills mm-hmm. and he walks around with a bottle in his jacket that he takes sips from occasionally. Mm-hmm. And um, he's writing about, at the end of his shifts, he always has to clean the cum off the back seats. Yeah, cum and blood. And then sometimes he has to also clean blood. Yeah, so he, he kind of presents himself as a guy who doesn't discriminate, but his language, the way in which he describes people as mm-hmm. spooks and fairies says otherwise. Yeah. So that goes more into like the contradiction, like the walking contradiction that he is and He's stupid. He's stupid. He's a very stupid person. He's ignorant. But the movie's told through his point of view. Yes. So it doesn't directly question that. 
Yeah. I feel like we have to bring our own. No, uh, yeah, it's definitely us. Like many a Scorsese movie, we gotta bring our own morals into it to yeah. assess. Yeah, what Marty's showing us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's like he portrays himself in his diary as this like almost saintly figure. I clean out. I clean the cum and the blood. Yeah, and then we just see him right after a shift. He's just walking into the porn theater. Yeah. So, he looks down on all this scum, but then also... He is part of the scum. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he goes, <laughs> he goes to, like, and he must go there a lot to, like, just the adult theater and mm-hmm. just watches the movie. Yeah, this Not was New York in the 70s. These kinds of places all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we don't see him pleasuring himself. No, not once. And we, we, I guess we that's a thing people did there, right? Like, yeah, I don't know how it works. Me neither. I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah, that that's what you would do, and then maybe you would. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, scope. I scope is not the word that I'm looking for, but like scout. Scout is also not the word I'm looking for. I don't know what you're trying to say, so I can't help. It's like when you're trying to like when you're in a place and you're like looking at people trying to make eye contact with someone and you make mm-hmm. eye contact with them and then it becomes this thing. So I oh we're trying to meet people. Yeah, like maybe like that type of things happen. But like the word is like really escaping me right now. Hmm. Um, Al Pacino was in a movie called it. Never mind. Whatever. He's you know um, that's besides the point. Yeah, I don't know. Besides the point, he goes to the adult theater. He's not doing anything but watching the movie. He's enjoying a nice adult flick. He gets all these. We see him buy. He likes the jujubes because they last longer, but yeah. they, but they don't have it. Mm-hmm. Just like in his conversation with the person at the concession stand, we just. I guess that's the first conversation other than him getting the taxi. Yeah, where we're just like get to see Travis in the world talking to someone, and he's not. Right. He's so, awkward. Yeah. So it's a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to flirt with her. Mm. But she's used to being around creeps all day. So yeah. she's just kind of like, do I need to get my manager? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not here to talk to you. I'm just here to sell you candy or whatever. <laughs> like, go enjoy your movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I just thought it was interesting uh, after him speaking about, you know, people and like using the language that he did yeah that, you know um the first woman he that he's flirting with is a black woman yeah so ignorance but but like not out like out uh, uh worldly racist you know what i mean mm-hmm um, so just like this, I don't know, complex individual that we're being presented with. Yeah. Yeah. A complex simpleton. <laughs> A complex simpleton. I like that. <laughs> and then, uh, then we see the angel in a white dress. Mm-hmm. Betsy played by, uh, Sybil Shepherd. Mm-hmm. He, he just sees her walking down the street mm-hmm. in this white dress, white, obviously purity. Mm-hmm. He sees her as this angel. Yeah. Um, cause he has a terrible idea of women. He either views them as 
the sex objects in the, the movie. Yeah, they're they're either this uh, pure thing or they're whores. Yeah, pretty much. It's like a binary. Yeah. Um, there's a name for it. Uh, uh, it's some Freudian thing <laughs> that. Never mind. Where. Some complex. Okay, yeah, we're having I trouble with the, words the today, Madonna, people. I think it's called the Madonna Whore Complex, actually. The Madonna Whore Yeah, complex. where... I don't know. Um. Anyway. So, I mean, I wrote here in my notes that Martin Scorsese makes a, makes a cameo here. But he also makes a cameo yeah, he's later. Twi- he's in so there twice. twice, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So when he's talking about her, he's in the background, and he's the one looking at her, yeah, he, admiring her beauty. Yeah, she walks past him, and we see Marty, like, turn his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And while the voiceover is Travis writing in his diary, mm-hmm. they can't touch her. Yeah. I like that. The delivery, like, very stilted mm-hmm. and, like... Like that, this is something very important that he's writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he probably starts to write like real heavy, so much so that it like goes on to the next page. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's a campaigner working on what's this man's name? Palantine Senator Senator Palantine Palantine. Yeah, working on uh, the Palantine campaign. Um. And we meet her and what's this man's name? Tom, played Tom. by Al Brooks with this big uh, Jufro yeah. in the glasses. Wait, who is he? Al Brooks. Al Brooks. He's a filmmaker too, a okay. comedian. And I can like picture his face in things, mm-hmm. but he also kind of looks like Dustin Hoffman. Mm. <laughs> He's got so. a Jewish face. <laughs> for sure so yeah now we see the the banter between tom and betsy mm-hmm. and like it's the tone just completely shifts from the time we've been spending with travis is just like now we're just in this campaign headquarters and yeah. it's just these two people mm-hmm. flirting yeah yeah uh were they f- flirting yeah they've got like a rapport okay maybe maybe he was flirting with her yeah yeah um and then she notes that there's a taxi driver that's been staring at them this whole time yeah and then we get this camera move where it's like close up on travis and then the pan out like through the window through mm-hmm. the campaign office where we get to see the vantage point that he's staring at them from mm-hmm and Tom is like, I'll go, get rid of, I'll go get rid of him. He says, I'll play the man in this relationship, which yeah. I noted because, I mean, the movie definitely details uh, the problems with masculinity, mm-hmm. American masculinity. Yeah. So the, the fact that Tom says, I'll play the man is he sees the man has to protect mm-hmm. uh, Betsy and go tell this guy off, this creep. Yeah. And before he can even do so um as soon as he like approaches him he just like jets off Mm -hmm. yeah travis just drives right away Mm -hmm. now we're uh we're at the cafeteria the food hall where uh the cabbies hang yeah it's just like a little nighttime like joint pretty much um because the cabbies are there and so are the pimps Mm -hmm. yeah uh 
Travis doesn't really have friends. I would call these his colleagues, I guess. Yeah, just co-workers. Yeah. Um, one of them asks how he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he, like, doesn't answer at first. And then instead of, like, saying how he's doing, he just tells a story yeah. about how he heard about this guy that got his ear cut off in a fight. Yeah. So this guy went berserk, pretty much, and sliced off uh, the taxi driver's ear. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was the answer to the question, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a little weird, this Travis. Yeah. And so it opens up this conversation about, um, I guess... Um, <clears throat> Uh, taxi cab drivers having protection mm-hmm. and he asks, do you have a gun or not? Like I can get you yeah. on or whatever. Um, yeah, the, the coworkers offers to get him one. And then there's, uh, the shot that's just a close up on, uh, Travis's water with the Alka-Seltzer tablet just dissolving in it. Mm-hmm. Like as the friend is saying, I can get you the gun. Mm-hmm. So it's this, just this tone that's being conveyed of just building uh tension and the fizz and like you don't want to give this guy a gun (laughs) no you shouldn't be offering this guy a gun no this was one of those moments where i was just like the joker popped in my head or joker popped in my head Mm -hmm. i just like oh similarity right here oh there's 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 so many joker is the karaoke version of this taxi driver could have yeah he could have easily just threw on some paint clown paint at the end and this would have been joke in this and like yeah back then yeah so <laughs> no yeah this is a good pick for this week because joker just passed a billion a Again. lot of people are seeing it mm-hmm. also the irishman comes out next week well it's, it's playing in theaters right now it's going to be in on netflix next week yeah so there's another marty de niro harvey Keitel's in that one too oh uh, the gang's collab. back together yeah so hopefully people are listening to this podcast because of something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or just because they like us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Travis decides to just walk right into the campaign office this time after being chased away last time. Yeah. How about I walk in and ask to volunteer? He also has a red suit. Yeah, he dresses up nice to do this. Yeah. Puts on his church clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes right up to Betsy to ask if he can volunteer. Yeah, but Tom tries to like steer him away, and he's like, "No, I want to volunteer with her." Mm-hmm. And so he pretty much doesn't leave her alone. He's very direct with her too. Yeah, she asks him questions like about the the um, his stance on welfare, mm-hmm. like his politics. And he's like, "I don't really know much about, yeah, about the, the politics. He doesn't know anything about like, the I don't candidate, know anything." But like. You know, I came in here because I saw you, and, and you're really, the most beautiful person yeah. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, right away, axes her out for a date. He asks her for coffee. Yeah, and like, and, and a in a really weird way. So he's being like really cocky and assertive mm-hmm. and very bold, very sure of himself, more so than maybe we've seen of him mm-hmm. before. Um, um, and she's uh. Biting into it. You know, she's buying into it. Um, she, she's she, flirting back. Yeah, a little bit. She yeah. kind of wants to see where it goes. Yeah, she's she's curious. Yeah, and then he gives this speech how it's the, uh, I think you're a sad person speech. It's like, he, I've been looking you, at you and I think you're a really sad person. It's just a bold person. thing to say to someone. It is a fucked up thing to say yeah, to a Yeah, it's a fucked up thing to say to, to someone you um, just met. I think you're sad. And also, I think that I could be the one to make you happy. Right. 
So he places himself very, very highly. <laughs> but she she arranges to get coffee with him on her break. Yeah. She pretty much says, I have a brick at four. If you're here, then you're here. And he makes sure to be there. Yeah. Uh, and then we well, we hear the voiceover in his diary about how he ordered black coffee and mm. apple pie with melted cheese on it. And then he, I love the line he says, I think I made a very good choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we see their, their lunch or their coffee date. And conversations mostly focused around Tom. Yeah. <laughs> he says... That guy you work with, I don't think he respects you. I don't like him. I think he's silly. Yeah. He's really digging into to Tom. It was more so most more so him talking about Tom mm-hmm. than more so him talking about her. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's like you already have her on the date, so you could just focus on her now. Nope. He's just trying to disparage the other guy that he has seen her with. Yeah. Um... And then we get the line about uh, Betsy's reminded of the Chris Christopherson song, Travis mm-hmm. doesn't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a prophet, he's a pusher, partly truth, partly fiction, a walking contradiction. And that's the song that reminds her of Travis. Yeah, that he's a walking contradiction. Yep. Um, do you, because I don't, uh, know how she came to this conclusion right away that he's a walking contradiction? Like, what did he say? Oh, I mean, he's he saying, like, I don't think Tom respects you. I respect you. But the whole way he's saying it, it's like, does he? Does he, right. I mean, I don't know if she's thinking this because she does agree to go on a date with him mm-hmm. later. She does. But there's definitely the uh, disparity between what he's saying mm-hmm. he feels and thinks and, like, what you can tell is there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then, uh, the Senator Palantine gets in the cab. Yeah. It's the next cab ride. Mm-hmm. He, Travis recognizes him. Yeah. Starts a conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the Senator goes into his campaign mode. So he's just trying to hear this guy out. He says, I, I've learned more riding in cabs than across the city than any limo. Yeah. He said, oh, is that now? And he's a man of the people. Yeah. He was like, um... What can I do? And Travis just like, I'm not a political person. I don't really, you know, ha- have anything. He's like, no, you must have something. He was just like, well, you know, whoever is going to be elected president has to clean up this, clean up New York. Mm-hmm. Has to clean it up and, and wash away all this filth and this stink and just flush it down the toilet. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, um, Palantine is just being a politician. Yeah, he gives the line, well, it's going to take some radical changes. Yeah. And, uh, well, and, it does. Yeah. It and, does. Uh, yeah, Travis is like, yeah, radical. Mm-hmm. Radical changes. Yeah, hanging on to all the wrong, all the wrong stuff. Yeah, hanging on to the wrong words. It's kind of interesting that he doesn't know how to answer, like, what's the one big problem with the country? He yeah. only sees the city, which is just such a, it's the biggest city, but still it's just a small part of the country. And that's yeah. just indicative of Travis not really being able to zoom out beyond what's right in front of him correct she's very stuck in his own experience and then we see iris for the first time yeah because he almost hits her yeah and i like the she tries to get in his cab right yes is she trying to run away 
Oh, almost hitting her was a different time, right? The first time is she's trying to get in his cab. Yeah, she's to run to, away. Yeah, and sport her pimp Harvey Keitel pulls her out. Right, and throws a crumpled twenty in the cab and says, "Forget about this." Yeah. And this is part of the filth. But he doesn't. Yeah, this is part of the filth that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's so right here. This, yeah, this is like lingering in his mind. Be- Ow. Because um, Jody, mm-hmm. um, Iris, yes. is really, really young. Yes. Like way too young. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, what the hell was that? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's date night. Yes, date night. Travis puts on his nice red suit again. Again. It's the same one. (laughs) He only has one. And he takes Betsy to the movies. Yeah. But but Travis doesn't know a lot about movies. No, he doesn't know a lot about girls either. Uh, He takes her to a dirty movie. Yeah, the only theater he knows, I guess. Yeah. It's like a Swedish sex education porno. Yeah. It's real weird. Yeah. But Betsy doesn't like it, surprisingly. No, no. when it starts flashing, like, the orgies and mm-hmm. the sex, like, the sexual stuff, she gets up. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm not into it. And he's just like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about movies. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And it's just like... She's trying to leave, and he keeps grabbing her arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets real, like, like chill. aggressive mm-hmm. um, with her. Um, but not too much so that, you know, she can't. Leave. Well, she eventually gets in a cab. Yeah. And then the cab drives away. And then he, like, mutters to himself, I have a cab, too. Right. <laughs> like, he's mad she didn't get into his. Right. Like, no, the date's over. Like, that's not what it's you, about. You blew it. <laughs> you blew it. You just had, like, no concept or understanding of what he did wrong. Mm-hmm. To him, it was just a movie. Yep. He doesn't know any better. And such a yeah, he didn't understand what he did. Weird wrong. thing not to know the difference between a regular movie and a dirty movie, mm-hmm. and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Right. No concept of it. Yeah. Um. So now he's leaving messages. Yeah. For Betsy. Mm-hmm. He has all these flowers. Yeah. That he was gonna send her, but he doesn't. Nope. Uh. And then they start to stink. Yeah, they the start flowers. to die. And he's writing in his diary that he thinks he has stomach cancer. and But you're really only as healthy as you feel. Yeah. And he repeats that a couple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I have stomach cancer. You're only as healthy as you feel. <laughs> oh, he's so dumb. Oh, man. I love it. Um, And he goes back to the office to make a scene. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, because Betsy hasn't been answering his messages. So yeah. he wants to see in person. And he doesn't even say anything, really. Like, nothing of importance with that little bit of time other than no. you don't think I know you are here. Like, He's like, why wouldn't you answer when you pick up the phone? Yeah. You don't think I th- know you're here? I know you're, I know you're here. I right. know where you are. And that's, that's it. Yeah, it's a threat. It's unnerving. Yeah. Uh, Tom once again plays the man yeah. and uh, tries to escort him out, but then there's a little. He gets in like a kung fu. Yeah, he pose. gets into a karate stance, yeah. and Tom is just like, "Whoa, I'm not gonna get physical with you. Let me call the cops." Um, but he is, escorts himself out, walks away. 
Yep, and then writes in his diary that he realizes now that she's just like the others, cold and distant. Yeah. So he has this experience with Betsy, and he didn't handle it well at all. And yeah. she really gave him an honest chance. She gave him a shot. She did give him a shot. But um, he completely mishandled it, but can't see that. He d- Yeah, he can't see his own fault mm-hmm. in anything. Nope. So, just like he can't see his scum. Yeah, such a it's just very limited perspective. Yes. And now uh Scorsese pops up again. Yeah. Gets in the back of uh Travis's a, cab. He's a different character. <laughs> he's probably the same guy, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. He's in a suit. No, I guess time. he's in a suit. Yeah, he's like a sleazy business guy. Yeah. And really like he really, aggressive and he and ca- he did the Tarantino thing where he casts himself as like the most one of the most hateful people, hate filled yeah. people in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if if anyone's going to say the n-word in my movie it's going to be it's me. It's going to be me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that, but uh he's talking about killing his wife, right? Yeah, he's making Travis run the meter while they're pulled over because he's like staking out this apartment mm-hmm. where his wife is at. And it's it's a black guy. Yeah. Not him. Yeah. And yeah, he's talking about he's going to get the Magnum 44 and blow mm-hmm. her brains out. Mm-hmm. And he's like engaging with Travis. Like, you know what you can do with that? Mm-hmm. And he says, you, you know what a Magnum 44 can, can do to a female genitalia? <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of this scene? Is it to put the idea of it's not even to put the idea of getting a gun into Travis's head because he's already had that conversation. Is it like... So just... Travis had this experience with Betsy with this woman that didn't go well. Mm-hmm. He's not... It's not his immediate thought, I'm going to fucking kill her. Mm-hmm. But then he experiences this. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the many scum that he spends his nights with, even though he says he hates them. Mm-hmm. Uh and I guess seeing his reaction, I don't know. Travis sees himself separate as that. Because uh, Scorsese's character keeps saying, you think I'm sick, don't you? You don't right. have to answer that. You think I'm sick. But I think Travis does think he's sick. All right. So looking at the, the Marty character, he realizes that this person is scum and mm-hmm. that he is not like this person. Yeah. So then that like what like changes his mind from whatever I like um like move he was gonna make towards um the girl. No, I don't think he was planning on making any move. Right. Um It's just a, a run in with just his, a run-in? the scum and the violence against women and it's just this, I guess, a thing that's being normalized for him. That okay. stuff that happens. Um, I don't know. I was just trying to see if there was like more importance to this scene other than Morton Scarcey writing himself into the movie. <laughs> well, he he didn't write the screenplay. That was Paul Schrader. Oh, okay. Um, it's definitely more than that. Okay. But I don't have a clean answer for you at this moment. Okay. My apologies. No problem. <laughs> um, now we're back at the cafeteria with yeah. the other cabbies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owes one of them money. 
So he gives him $5 and we see all the money that he has Mm because he takes out like a bunch of bills. Yeah. And among them, we see the crumpled up 20 Mm -hmm. that Travis takes and then puts in a separate pocket. Okay. So even though sport said here, this is for you. Forget about, forget about this. He hasn't forgotten. Yeah. And this is our reminder. Yeah. It's like a little memento. Uh, now we have the conversation with wizard, uh, one of the other cabbies, Peter Boyle's character where, okay, I got it with the Scorsese thing. He's Scorsese's like, I'm sick. Don't you think I'm sick? Mm -hmm. And Travis does. And then Travis probably sees himself as sick also because of that. Okay. Because now he's talking to wizard and he's like, Hey, I'm having some violent thoughts. Right. Okay. It's been, it's been really rough out here. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm having violent thoughts. And yeah, I'm having bad thoughts, and I really want to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe he doesn't see himself as separate from Scorsese's character. Okay. He's probably like, oh, here's a guy. Okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, he does end up buying the same gun, the forty four Magnum. He does. Anyway, Wizard, the terrible friend he is, though, to his defense, like he says, I'm just a cabbie, what do I know? Yeah. His advice to Travis, who says, I have these violent thoughts I'm going to act on, is don't war- don't worry, relax, you'll be all right, get laid, get yeah, drunk. Get laid. It's going to be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> That's it. I'm sure if Travis could have got laid, it probably would have solved a lot of problems. I feel like that's like oversimplifying it, yeah, but like definitely. a big theme of this movie is his loneliness mm-hmm. and his incapability to get a woman. Mm-hmm. It so pops up a lot throughout the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the, unless you got something else to say about this no. conversation, is the next scene is his him, meal. We get to see what yeah, Travis eats now. What he eats, and this is when you realize like how sick he is, because um, he's eating like bread, milk, it's sugar, a, and liquor he has together. A, he has a bowl, and it's like ripped up pieces of white bread. Yeah. Then you see there's milk in it because there's milk next to him. And mm-hmm. he's pouring his bottle of liquor over the bread and then sugar on top. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he was raised by no one. Yeah, like he's... Uh, like he has like no raise, like no Raised up- by wolves. Yeah, he has like no like upbringing. He doesn't know how to like care for himself at all. He doesn't know how to think clearly at all like i mean it could be like mint like a part of it which is makes, like which, mental but also it's just like what well, like do you know anything like what, you're 26 you have 26 years of experience and nothing it was like he was just yeah that's part him. of what makes me think that he wasn't lying about the military services that he definitely exhibits uh the traits of someone coming back from the war, not having their life together, not being able to hold relationships, taking mm-hmm. pills and drinking a lot and mm-hmm. not having many connections All right. and not receiving the help that he needs from society. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really funny to see him eating that meal, especially yeah. after he wrote, you're only as healthy as you feel. Right. And he must feel like crap eating that stuff. Mm hmm. Now we get him almost running into Iris. This is the second Iris yeah. sighting. And mm-hmm. um, when this happens, when the cab like stops just short of hitting her, it's the the score does this thing I love where it's like the trumpets blaring that one note, mm-hmm. and it's just like really long, and it kind of sounds like a horn. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. 
I like it. I, I love the music in this. Okay. And now he's what he sees her, and then he like turns around and kind of stalks her a little bit. He like drives slowly, just seeing her uh, prostituting yeah. herself, yeah, picking up customers. Mm-hmm. And then he writes in his diary that there's been a change. Mm-hmm. This is when the the radicalization begins. Yeah, he's doing push-ups and. Uh, well, uh, before that, because mm-hmm. um, no, he gets the gun. He gets the gun. So we meet the the salesman who mm-hmm. sells him like a bunch of guns. Yeah, he buys a bunch. He's got the briefcase Not that he opens one. full of guns. He buys four. Four? I thought it was like five. I, it, it was you know, four I, or five. It was like two automatics and then two revolvers. So maybe and then, and then like the four. holster. And then the, yeah, the holster. Yeah, he's got all this money, so he's gonna spend it on guns. Yeah. And while he's like testing out the guns, he's doing that by like pointing them out the window. Yeah. Like slowly moving it as if he's like a sniper, and then he like stops when he sees like pedestrians to yeah. aim at. Mm-hmm. It's pretty disturbing. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't pull the trigger though, which I thought would have been interesting to do because the gun is empty, so it mm-hmm. kind of would have just been like it just. Interesting thing, but yeah, he doesn't pull the trigger on them. He just kind of yeah. So he's got these guns, and now he's writing in his diary about how he's making this big change, and he's no more drinking, no more pills. We see him doing push-ups and sit-ups, and yeah, every... says every muscle needs to be tight. Yeah. Um. But then we see that he's still uh, going to the porno theater. I yeah. love that. Like in in that montage, it's yeah. Like, he's still yeah. He's still. He, yeah. This guy's full of shit. Yeah, and he's trying. He's doing this thing where oh, he's yeah. there, but he's kind of like it's blocking his eye with his finger. He's like trying <laughs> he's to like, fool himself. He's watching it. Though. He's like tr- pretending that he's better than the thing he is. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not watching. <laughs> no, you're watching. But but yeah, I really like the shot of the with the shadow of the cast from his finger going over his eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the mirror testing scene. Well, not the mirror testing scene, but him like trying to figure out the mechanics of He's pulling making, out the gun. He makes fast the uh, the device. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, suddenly he's an engineer. So yeah, like he's smart enough to be able to build a freaking like like the track. Yeah, the, the track so that the gun can just pop out mm-hmm. from his sleeve into his hand. Yeah, and he's taping the knife to his boot. And he's uh, doing the thing with the bullets and his knife where he makes mm-hmm. the split points so that they're even deadlier than they already were. Mm-hmm. It's just unnecessary, but he, he he's some cowboy. There's something he sees himself. There's something about this character that I feel like I've met this person before. That's dangerous. Yeah, like like this, this dangerous person mm-hmm. um, that might be smart but i don't know i feel like yeah there's something about this character i feel like i've I've met this person before more than once that's scary probably at college Hmm. yeah um smart dark people smart dark ignorant people i don't know like (laughs) loners and I, i guess i'm only calling him smart because he's able to build this thing that takes ingenuity. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Yeah. 
And there was like no internet. There was no Google. He didn't Google this. Yeah, he just did it. He just did it. Yep. He's uh he gets his his mind on something, he he goes for he it. He commits to it. He does. And, and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you can have this device, but also we see what he's eating and what his apartment <laughs> looks like. <laughs> Though I will know he I love that he does eventually get the one of these days I'm gonna get organized he gets the oh yeah and the like poster the, the letters are like falling off yeah yeah it's i did notice that poster he was talking to betsy about mm-hmm. um as well as uh palantine campaign stickers mm-hmm. and now that he's got all these guns and a knife and split point bullets he goes to a palantine rally yeah and he's <laughs> he stands next to this guy he presumes to be secret service mm-hmm. And he just like stands next to him and it's he's just quiet for like a minute. Yeah. But just like looking at him like, hey, we're equals. Right. Like I was in the military <laughs> he's too. He's like puffing up his chest and is just looking around. And then he finally is like, hi. Yeah. Because the guy like stares him down pretty much. Like, Yeah. Because um, what is I this guy you. doing? <laughs> I see you standing next to me. What are you doing? So Travis starts a conversation. He's like, hey, are you Secret Service? I I can tell. I have a good eye for these things. I yeah. think I'd be a good Secret yeah. Service. I'm great in crowds, and mm-hmm. I'm very observant. Uh, so the guy says, you know what? Give me your information, and I can send you some info. Yeah, I can send you some info about being C- Secret Service. But Travis sees past that. Yeah. He knows he's just about to be put on a list. Yeah. So he gives the name. Henry Crinkle. K-R-I-N-K-L-E. Yep. Hopper Street, like a like a rabbit, hip hop, <laughs> and then he he gives too many digits in the zip code. Yeah, because he was thinking of his phone number. He was thinking of his phone number. <laughs> yeah, he's like smart enough to know not to give the real name, but not smart enough to have the right number of digits in the fake zip code. Yeah, and also coming with a really bad excuse. Yeah. Uh, now we have the mirror scene. Mm-hmm. Infamous. At, at, apparently ad libbed. Are you talking to me? Yeah, and the the rig works too. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it pop out into his hand, so he doesn't have to pull it out from the holster or out of his freaking the back of his jeans. Yeah, yeah. He's practicing these scenarios where he's this gun toting hero yeah. come to save the day with all his bullets. Yeah, you're talking to me. Mm-hmm. You talking to me? Are you talking to me? <laughs> And pretty quickly, he gets an opportunity to use his uh, his arms mm-hmm. in the convenience store. He's uh, just buying some chips or something mm-hmm. while someone comes in to rob the place. Yeah. Travis pops to the front of the store, shoots the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the store owner is just beating a dead horse. He's beating this dead body pretty much. Yeah, Travis says, I don't have the right permit, so the store just takes the gun and is like, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of it. All right. It's just yet another person Travis has come in contact with that could have like, said, hey, you shouldn't have these guns or you right. should get these permits or something. But it's just like, don't worry, it's fine, it's don't fine. worry. All right, you did me a favor, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then just beating the guy. Yeah. And uh, now we see Travis is at yet another Palantine rally. This time he's just in the cab, just scouting it out. 
Mm -hmm. just watching. And while he's doing that is the voiceover of a card that he's written for his mom and dad. Mm -hmm. We find out in June is their anniversary Mm -hmm. and Father's Day and his mother's birthday. Right. He says he doesn't remember the dates, so he hopes this one card will do. Right. It's also... um... Well, this is uh, what makes me question everything about him because he lies to his mom about yeah. how well he's doing and about him having a girlfriend and he names Betsy. Yes. And about him being a part of the Secret Service. Or... He says, I can't give, I know you want my, my home address, but I can't give it to you because of the secret government work I do. Yeah. And I make lots of money and I have this girlfriend. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's yeah he's a bullshitter and uh, but he's uh, yeah he tells his parents don't worry about me yeah and but yeah he's cu- he's cut off pretty much yeah. and living a lie mm-hmm. he's just becoming generally more unhinged as the movie progresses yeah I mean uh, yeah and prior to this he kind of gave his manifesto and uh, voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, which he didn't complete. He said, "Here is, here is." This is the last thing he's he said. But like, yeah. here is, you know, I don't know. I he I guess he starts to have maybe like a savior complex. Mm-hmm. So here is a savior. Um, now we get Harvey Cartel as uh as a pimp as Iris's uh pimp, um. Yeah, Travis. Yeah, Travis. he sees Iris, so he's got this plan. He's gonna save her. Yeah, because of that one time she got in his cab. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time on this day, he pretty much buys time. Well, buys yeah, that's time. his. That's his plan. Yeah. So you know, it's fifteen dollars for like ten minutes, twenty five for half an hour. Mm-hmm. That's what you get, and um, they uh. You know, Harvey, the pimp, thinks he's a, a cop. Thinks mm-hmm. He's a narc. But he's not. I mean, nope. so, um, you know, they, they go to the room and what happens? He's asking about her real name. Yeah. She doesn't want to give it at first, but then we find out it's Iris. Yeah, he's trying to get to know her. And he's trying to get her out of there, but... And be like, do you remember She me? doesn't remember him. She doesn't yeah. know what he's talking about. And mm-hmm. she keeps just trying to uh, please him. But that's not what he wants. Yeah. He's like, no, don't do that. Like, when she starts undressing, he is like, no. Because yeah. maybe he sees her as pure because she's so young. He finds out that she's 12 and a half, mm-hmm. which uh, she doesn't confirm. Hmm. Could be part of the fantasy that he sells. She's, she's underage. Young. She's young. Yeah. Uh, the... She doesn't want to come with him, but she she does make uh, breakfast plans with him. Yeah. Now, is he flirting with her? Or is he just... No. No? Okay. Okay. I think he, he wants to save her. Okay. Okay, I wasn't he sure. He keeps pushing her off of him and saying, what are you doing? Yeah, it was something he did, like, his goodbye to her, where I was just like, is he flirting with her? Like, was that a flirt or... What? I don't think so. Okay. 
Because uh, he's, he's both like he both sees himself as not the dirt when he is the dirt. So it could be like, oh, he's trying to save her, but also he could be hitting on her as well. It could be like this really weird thing he's expressing. But if he wasn't flirting with her, then it wasn't. I didn't. That. I didn't get that at all. Okay. Um, he gives the crumpled up twenty from before to the door guy and says, mm-hmm. "It's yours." Yeah. And now we're at breakfast. Yeah. Um, I, Iris also loves pouring sugar on her food. She's doing a jelly sandwich with just sugar on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because this interaction mirrors... Well, it doesn't mirror, but it's like... It's it's parallel to his intru- like his conversation with... What's her name? The coffee with Betsy. Uh, with Betsy, yeah. right? Definitely. Where... It was. It seemed more serious and maybe dry, and not that um, interesting from from her side. But with with her, with Iris and him, it was. I don't know. It was more on his level, in a very yeah weird way where it was just like, oh, he connects with the kid more. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The conversation flows a little easier. Yeah, it flows a little easier for him. Yeah. Um. He wants to know what her plans are. She says she doesn't need him to get out. She can get out whenever she wants. So he says, what are you going to do when you get out? You got to have a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that offers to send her money. He says he doesn't need it. Uh, he's probably going to be going away for a while. Yeah. He says, don't ever take money from them. So... He really wants to like save her. And he wants to mm-hmm. get her get her out. Yep. And now we have a scene with Iris and Sport because Iris's conversation with uh Travis, you know he's gonna give her this money, so maybe she can get out, but mm-hmm. like a like a pimp, uh uh the sport does that whole thing where he's like i need you and you need me and we're meant to be together i like uh they're dancing and he like puts on a record and it's just the theme from taxi driver yeah that's the theme song (laughs) i kind of like jazz music yeah Mm -hmm. and they you know they have a a moment together and they're dancing and he's holding her yeah he's holding on to her very tightly yeah 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 making her feel nice and comfortable so that she continues to be his breadwinner yeah yeah we get a getting ready montage yeah travis is a i i don't think they showed him being a bad shot before but now we see that he is a good shot yeah he's at the range uh, yeah he's getting body shots and head shots now mm-hmm. um so he's polishing his boots yeah uh, he's burning the flowers from before that he had from Betsy. They're all dried now. Mm-hmm. And the I, I really like the image of them just in the sink on fire. Yeah. It's just these hopes he had for him being able to like fit into society to be, what's the line he says earlier? Uh, you should be a person like most people. So that was what he was trying to do. And that's kind of him setting the flowers on fire is like there's there's no hope of this right he's writing in his diary that now he sees his life was all pointing in one direction mm-hmm. and he's 
sharpening his knife and he cuts the sleeve off of his shirt yeah. for like the gun thing he has. Yeah, for the rig. Mm-hmm. And it's the Palantine rally. Yeah. Number three. Yeah. And uh, uh, Travis debuts a new look. Oh, Travis's new do. Yeah, he has a mohawk. Yep. Uh, Doesn't look like a narc anymore. Nope. Looks a bit radical, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's this one shot, I guess it's from the Secret Service member's point of view, just of the crowd (laughs) at the rally. And you just see all these people, and then Travis is just in the back with this army jacket. Very obvious. Mohawk and sunglasses, just like really sticking out. Yeah. And as the candidate's leaving the stage, Travis is kind of approaching. Yeah. Puts his hand in the pocket of his coat, but the Secret Service guy sees it. Right. So he gets chased away. Yeah. He was going to shoot Palantine. Yeah. But if he would have shot Palantine, then he wouldn't have been able to save Iris. He, oh, beforehand, he we see that he does send her the money. Yeah. So that was his. That was his way of saving her? That was his her? vision of oh. saving. Yeah, with giving her this money so she has some something to do so she can get out. Uh, and in the letter, he says, when you get this, I'll be dead. Okay. So, yeah, he's planning on assassinating Palantine and dying. Okay. But that doesn't work out. Yeah. Before he can even get the gun out, the, you know, he's chased out. And now we're on the plan B. Yeah, so now he's driving around. He goes back to the, what, I guess, whorehouse. Yeah, the whorehouse. Sees sport outside. But now he's got all the guns. Yeah. Um. I don't know. What, he, he shoots Sport in the stomach. The way Sport dies is, I don't know, it made me laugh. It's the way he's, like, moaning hmm. as he, like, goes down. Well, okay, so he, outside the building he shoots Sport in the stomach and then he uh, goes inside and... Shoots another guy in there, and then Sport comes back. Surprised he wasn't dead, mm-hmm. and then Sport shoots Travis in the neck. Mm-hmm. But then Travis shoots Sport some more times. Yeah. And this is where he's making those noises. No, I'm talking about the first time he got shot. Oh, he was okay. outside. Okay. Yeah, I don't know because he, he just didn't see it coming. Yeah. I don't know why. Um. But yeah, now it's it's a it's a bloodbath. It's it's uh it's gotten really violent now. Um, yep. Travis is is shooting anyone in his path. Well, any man. There's the one guy that comes out of Iris's room because yeah. there's gunshots, mm-hmm. and Travis shoots him down, and then he falls back. Yeah, like through the the doorway to the room has like those beads. Yeah, those beads. So he like Very falls 70s. through the beads and it's yeah. just this corpse on the ground in Iris's room now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like in Travis's mind, he's this huge hero saving the day and you just see Iris horrified. She's saying, don't shoot him, don't kill him. But yeah. Travis is doing all this stuff, all the Shoots blood everywhere. right in the head right next to her. Yep. Um, just covered in blood. Yeah. Um, and then the, the cops see him, and then he does, like, this finger bang thing to yeah, his head. Yeah, the cops arrive, he puts his bloody finger up to his head and goes, bang. Joker. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was gonna kill himself, but he didn't have any bullets left. Yeah. 
Um, and he passes out from blood loss. Yeah, apparently goes into a coma. Goes into a coma. Yeah. When this happens, the camera like lifts, kind of. Yeah. I feel like this is when I mean there were some scenes where it was like just Betsy and Tom in the campaign office, and then that one where it was just Sport and Iris. But mm-hmm. other than those, the movie is just Travis's point of view. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when he passes out, like the camera like gets an opportunity to remove itself from his uh POV and it kind of does the thing where it hovers over the scene. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of frozen and yeah. you just see all the damage. Yeah. All the bodies and all the, the blood. blood. Mm-hmm. And the camera like goes through the down the stairs and you see the close-ups on the blood on the walls. Yeah. And it's just like, "Hey, look at the this mess." Right. And we are outside the scene for a while. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like a crane shot. We see the cop cars pull up and people running inside and the crowd that's gathered outside. Mm-hmm. And then the movie the does epilogue. This, yeah, the, the, the movie does this really weird thing where it lets him be the hero. He's got a clipping from the newspaper mm-hmm. on his wall that says, Taxi driver battles gangsters. Yep. And we're, we have voiceover that's a letter from Iris's parents saying, thanking him, calling him a hero, mm-hmm. uh, saying Iris is back in school. Yeah, she's back with so us. So we Thank get some you. closure with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Travis, you're a hero. You're a hero. You, yeah, the movie lets him be a total hero. <laughs> in that instance. Yeah, in that instance. Though I think everything it shows us before then... Uh, Makes a pretty good argument for him not actually being a hero. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's like in in this snapshot, we he's portrayed as this hero and he's definitely, he definitely doesn't learn anything. No. There's no comeuppance. No. Uh, at all. And that's like a big criticism it gets, but I like it. Um. I mean, what if if like he goes to because save Iris and then a pimp shoots him and he dies and that's yeah, how it ends? Is that, that what you want? No, 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 no. That's not what I want. It's no, just I wasn't like, talk, not you. Oh, because <laughs> it's just like well, what you have at the end is just two evils, right? But society is looking at the gangsters and the pimps as the bad guy, right? Because mm-hmm. they are. And then this guy gets to go around and kill them. Yeah, this insane. He gets to be a vigilante, pretty much. Yeah, and and then he gets to be the hero, but he's still a bad guy. Yeah, he still was a bad guy. Still is a bad guy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change anything. He's not mentally better. Yeah. Now he gets to be like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like when he's talking to his taxi cab buddies, you know what I mean? They look at him as a hero now. Which is just, like, a weird way to view this character. Yeah, he gets uh, Betsy in his cab. Yeah, he gets Betsy. They get a little reunion. She write about him in the paper. Mm -hmm. And uh, he doesn't let her pay the fare. He says, it's on me. He drives away. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, so he has, like, this moment of, like, all right, I'm a hero. But then... Like, something happens off screen. Yeah, what was that ending? So, it's... He's, like, agitated by something off screen. Right. And then 
we get the close up on his face in the red light that mm-hmm. was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a circle. It's, it's a circle. Just right, we're right back where we started. Okay. Um. And yeah, was anything the, happening to Betsy or like did he? Oh, just I don't like, know. Okay, because he no, kind of just, just like snapped. No, he like, drives like a click. Yeah, because he's just back in the the shots we see of the nighttime New York City. He's just back in the scum and the filth. Okay, he's just driving back around it, affected by it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no yeah, there's no happy ending. He's just still yeah. among the filth and yeah. he's just right back where he started. Yeah, uh, maybe he'll do it again. Maybe he'll save somebody else yeah he probably wouldn't be probably won't be seen as a good guy next time yeah next time uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm just trying to like i get to like picture that him going around killing people yeah you get to do that yeah you get to do that movie ends yeah thank god they never did a taxi driver too oh that would be terrible Mm. oh that would be so bad yeah it would be because then it would I be. I just a like movie the thought that Travis is just driving this. around still. Yeah. Now with like some reinf- society reinforcing his savior complex. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, you know our society does reinforce these harmful uh, ideas about masculinity and uh, who the good guy is. Yeah. And what that looks like. And what that looks like. And uh, how? Yeah, how to be a a person like most people. I don't know. Yeah. That's taxi driver. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> this is probably a stupid question, but do you think that if the pimp, Iris pimp and the guys in the house at the end were black, that somehow it would have changed. It's interesting. You bring that up because earlier today I was listening to, um, when I was pulling the trailer for this podcast, mm-hmm. I saw on YouTube, it was like Quentin Tarantino on Taxi Driver. So mm-hmm. I was listening to him talk about it. Mm-hmm. And unsurprisingly, he says this is one of his favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he says the big flaw in the movie, the critical flaw is mm-hmm. that the pimp was white. He yeah. says for all of Travis Bickle's racism, it doesn't make sense that when he finally does bear arms, it's against a white person yeah, because and not a black honestly, person. Honestly, I mean, because it, okay, so like, okay, so it not being black people that he killed at, at the end makes him the hero, right? Which is what they wanted. But the movie also presents a lot of the pimps and the hoes in the movie as black until we get to that point. So it was just kind of, yeah. it was just kind of like as, a weird yeah, choice. And Tarantino pointed out that it's highly yeah. unlikely that Iris's pimp even would have been white. Yeah. Uh, though of Which course, though of course he loves. Though of course he Hardy. loved Kaitel's performance, though. No, yeah, he's good. Quentin, but it, Quentin loves Kaitel. It made me laugh when I saw him because it was just like, oh, well, now, now it's a white guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a little inconsistent. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and it pro- it would have definitely made it more complex of an ending of him being a hero if it was black people, and then it would have been like, well, this is how society views a hero, and this is how society views. Mm-hmm. bad guy yeah 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 but, i guess by having the pimp be white it just doesn't yeah you don't factor in that it doesn't let all. that idea come in it just focuses on yeah 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 
That wasn't a stupid question. Okay. <laughs> Uh, here's a stupid question. Uh-oh. Is Taxi Driver a movie or a film? <clears throat> I know, I feel like this is a long pause because I was, I was thinking very hard about this answer because I've, like, never... I feel like Martin... I don't want to be like Martin only makes films because that would be stupid um however he does documentaries too (laughs) however and concert movies (laughs) um i feel like taxi driver is a movie Hmm. yes why If you need to think about that. Yeah, I need to think I can, about uh, that. Yeah, say yeah. I, I see it as a film. You see it as a film? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, one of our greatest filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what he did. He made he made a film. The Just the, the camera, the some of those shots, the colors, the mm-hmm. score, everything. We talk about just everything coming together to be yeah. this one vision. Uh, just the... the uh, just a really good character study. Mm-hmm. Um, first-person character study. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I feel like I can't think of a reason why it's a movie, and I could think of a bunch of reasons why it would be a film, like you said, like the shots mm-hmm. and stuff, but I just am not feeling that. <laughs> I'm not feeling film from, from Taxi. Okay. Yeah. It's a mystery. Ooh. I love when 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 something gets to be both a movie and a film. But why? Why do I like that? No, you just still haven't explained why it's oh, a movie. Okay. <laughs> I just don't understand. It's a film, damn it. Damn it. I don't know. People are gonna be like, Terrell said it was a goddamn movie. Nah, that's okay. Joker's a movie. Joke oh we didn't we didn't get to joke Taxi yet. Driver's and a film. I don't see you could Oh, if you think Joker is a film, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with me? If you think Taxi Driver is a movie and Joker is a film, then yeah. Uh, that's me then. You think Taxi Driver is a movie and Joker is a film? Yeah. How? Um, what's different? What's different? I see it. It's I see it the complete opposite way. Nah, I don't. Joker is so shallow. You think Joker is shallow? Yeah. I don't. There's very little substance to that movie. I think there's a lot of substance to that movie. And I think it's a great character study. Just like you think Taxi Driver is a great character study. Well, yeah, because Joker is just aping Taxi Driver. And, you know, a few other movies, but... Yeah. Yeah. And that's a I feel like we kind of ruined our future Joker episode with this discussion. <laughs> I'm I'm just shocked. Hey. Truly. Hey. I like to be uh surprising. Well, you still haven't said why taxi drivers are And I'm not going to. Okay, so I guess we should just end there. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> disappointing. <laughs> All right. Oh boy. Email us, moviefilmpod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at moviefilmpod. 
rate, review, subscribe. And uh, thanks for listening to Movie. Movie. Film. Movie. Film. <laughs> All right. Okay. You're, you're the joker. I'm the joke. <laughs>